it was the, the glass like a so you got 12 pint glasses yeah. you got like a well, case I don't of know pint glasses if one person got 12 glasses but the glasses they gave out had a, a oh logo you just from randomized yeah that's good I think so yeah. we're recording by the way okay great uh, so if you you've had a, you've eaten Cornettos before then. yeah yeah they're fucking great Here, here's my question I was thinking about this during the trilogy is um, are there more than three flavors Yes, there's multiple flavors. There's like a minty one. It's like ice cream. You know, there's a minty no. one, there's a strawberry flavored one, there's a vanilla one, you know? Yeah. So do you, I mean, would that possibly leave them open to do like a quadrilogy? I've recently, if you follow them, uh, you do, I follow them on Twitter oh, as yeah, well. Yeah. They've been saying things like, go see this movie and then we'll make another one. Oh, right. They've okay. been saying things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think a trilogy is great, but... No, it is. I mean, I think they, they're just all connect, so connected to each other. I think it's, there's an inev- inevitability that they make another film. Oh, they, I definitely think they will. I mean, but maybe not a blood knife game. I mean, no, they've no. ended that, you know. Yeah. So maybe it was something else. Something else for sure. I mean, because they're so such good friends and they've been such good friends. For no me. more space though. Never. No, they have. They've just they've said, completely no, moved on from that. I think I that's fine. I mean, because you know, they're. Dude, you, it'd be difficult to do that show as middle aged I mean, that had to be like a kind of a. Right. You know, well, I think that those there's like a nerdy reality bites kind of. Right, and they've moved. You know, maybe they could do something. They've moved on. You know, ten years later, because like, what's the? You can't make them. They can't be still be Tim, and, no, and Daisy what, right. because you know they they are older for a start. They won't look as young, and I mean, but I think there's a in in Britain there seems to be this thing with sitcoms, with really good sitcoms where they stop after two series. You know, and I, I oh, exclude yeah. Blackadder from that because obviously they went and made four. But if you look back to Faulty Towers, they only made 12 episodes, two right. series, six episodes per series. And then they didn't make any more. So there's only 12 right. Faulty Towers out there. And then the young ones, the same. They yeah. made two series, six. six. And these are all BBC. The Office. The Office is two and six two again. Two and six again, yeah. Now, he did multiple Christmas specials, but... So, and then he, I know that Ricky Gervais has said that he's mindful of that. Like he's like he wanted to end it before it got stale and be, when it was still good. I think oh, he yeah, could have done more brilliant. though, probably. But um, and Spaced is two series as well. So I kind of like that weird British sitcom symmetry. Yeah, you know? it's great. Yeah, and whereas you know the American mentality is to drive it, you know, like just right. bring every dollar out of it. Because you, you got to get into um, um, you know those. Uh, you're going to make, what, 100 episodes to get... In, no, syndication. To get the syndication. Yeah. And that's where you make a ton of money. Sure. You know? But, uh, yeah, they just kind of end it short and sweet. It's nice. Right. You know? I mean, it's shit because you want more, but it's nice that it doesn't ever get shit. Right. And you, no one is saying, uh, it's, you know, right. it was great in the beginning, but now it's just kind of, right. you know, whatever. Well, that leads us. We're talking, hey, how's it going hey, there, Hey, welcome to Headspace Invaders. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the Cornetto trilogy and all things connected to that today. It's kind of a very special episode. Um, we we went to see the Cornetto trilogy in its entirety uh, earlier this week. Yes. Um, movie marathon, our first. Yeah. First, we yeah. just found that out. Well, we'll always always remember our first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were virgins. It was. I mean, I've I've watched. You know, I've done marathon viewings before, uh-huh. on my on my couch, right by myself. Not completely exposed to, yeah. you know, we might as well have been to The prices, Right. That's what it reminded me of when they gave a T-shirt away yeah. to that guy. I mean, it was like he had just been called down. He lost you know, his fucking on, mind. Exactly. Yeah. Like screamed like a girl. <laughs> like, oh, God. And then, well, he we kind of mentioned him because we did a little recording after every film. We went back outside the cinema and 
talked about what we felt and tried to talk about more of the experience we were going through, not this film we've seen, because Sean right. and Ed and Huffle, as we'd obviously seen before, as of you, I assume, who's listening. So we talked about more of the experience that we were having in the theater watching these three films right. together. And we so we talk about that guy who won that T-shirt. <laughs> A little bit. I know I do. Anyway. It was the greatest day of his life. Holy shit. I it, mean, it's, it's only downhill high. for here that's for that guy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's his high. His life high. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I hope it is because otherwise he's fucking nuts. Yeah. I'd hate to see that guy, like, win the lottery, <laughs> you know, or meet the love of his life. Yeah. Or what, 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 okay. what does he have saved back for okay. real things? Cut to scanners. Michael Ironside where <laughs> his head explodes. Yeah. That's, that's prob- what would happen yep. to that dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, so we're going to talk about Cornetto trilogy and everything that we can kind of we've you know we know about and that we love and because obviously we love this stuff so and we love what those guys are doing. But let's talk about Slime. Uh, uh, no, let's talk about Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright first, yeah, because without Edgar Wright, none of this would be possible. Right. We wouldn't be talking about this particular thing. We'd be talking about some other films. Sure. That we like. But um, Edgar Wright. I mean, he he hasn't made a lot yet, really, has he? No, he hasn't. But I think that's okay. I'm I'm going to start calling this the Hardy's principle. All right. right. You know Hardy's is? Oh, Hardy Boys? No, no, it's a, it's a restaurant. It's not, I mean, it's a fast food chain. Okay. It's not, whatever, whatever. Carl's Jr. in California. Correct. Okay, so for years, they started adding more and more shit to their menu. And the more shit they added to their menu, the worse it got. Right. You know, like tacos and hot dogs and nachos and shit, right? right? So one day they said, fuck it, you know, get rid of all that. We started with hamburgers. We're going to do hamburgers. And that's all we're going to do. And it got way better. Now, I'm just, it's, you know, it's a relative thing, like a good hamburger. What you think is a good hamburger is not going to be the same as me. But the fact that their product improved when they decided to focus on one thing, do one thing and do it well. Yeah. And I think so. It's good business sense, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it has, like, I'm sure in the business world, there's probably a term to it. But in my head, that's what I always call the Hardy's principle. And I think that's what uh, kind of applies to Edgar Wright. I think he's, you know, do one thing, do it really well. Do it well thought out, well planned out. Take your time, right. you know, um, and it seems to be working. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean. he. I know when they, they met, they met on, have you ever heard the show Asylum? I heard, I've heard of it. I don't know. It, it's, it, well, it was weird. If you can, there's some out there. You can watch it on the, on, on YouTube and stuff, okay. but it's not great, I didn't think. Um, it's disturbing, not disturbing, but it's just not that funny. And <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. Oh, okay. But that's, I guess, where they met Simon Simon Pegg and him and Jessica Stevenson slash Hines, who was obviously Daisy and sure. Space. But that's where they all kind of came together for the first time. And it was through that. And then because Jessica Stevenson and Simon Pegg were then writing that show that they kind of pulled him on board. Is kind of how it all started with those guys. But um, Jessica Stevenson, too, I, I really like her a lot. Oh, yeah. I wish you could see more of her. I mean, I know back home and on TV, you'll see a lot of her, but, you know, I wish, I'd rather see her in more films and stuff. I think she's really funny. She is. Cool person, so. Um, and I think it's a bummer that she's kind of, and I won't say left behind, because I think, you know, everyone makes different career choices, but, you know, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg have gone on to bigger things. I don't know if it's bigger, but, you know, more worldwide notoriety, I guess. And right, everyone knows their names yeah. they don't know. But uh, she was in Shaun the Dead, though. Yeah, she was. A um, little kind of small. Well, As the bizarro Shaun. Yeah. yeah, the bizarro Shaun who then saves them. Right. But, um, yeah, but Edgar Wright, um, he, I guess he worked with David Williams and Matt Lucas, too, after he did that Asylum stuff. And do you know who they are? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Little yeah. Britain. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Matt Lucas was in Shaun of the Dead as Which well, right? I'd forgotten right. until we saw on Thursday. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, look, there's Matt Lucas. Yeah. Also big Arsenal fan, too. Um, but 
uh, so he'd worked with them and he'd done a lot of TV stuff and then then they um, but earlier in his in his career and it's out there on the internet as well you can watch uh, Dead Right which was his first film when he was a student have you watched any of that? no <laughs> I'm, these are pointers for everyone write that okay, down right, Dead write Right down. and go check it Dead out right. it's like a Dirty Harry piss take and it, it looks like an 18 year old um, movie that he made with his mates Okay. It really does look like That's that. Fine. But it's still edited quite well because I think he's great at that, you know, that kind of short, quick, bursting, loud in your face editing. It's, it's what he oh, kind of yeah, does. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. So you can you can kind of even see a bit of that. And the acting's terrible. But like like I said, it's, you know, I did, I did that with my mates, you know. It's, so I was like, oh, shit, if I just stuck with it, I could be Edgar Wright. You could Wright. be Edgar Wright, yeah. But it's, uh, it's really good. It's, you know, it's really good for what it is. Um, and then he did um, Fistful of Fingers, um, which is kind of like where he started to get a bit more kind of um, like that actually got a very limited theatrical release in Britain like it was seen around some theaters like another independent movie that he made on right film, so basically. these are like resume builders it's like okay right, right here's the other one I'm going to make this movie yeah. and I'm like well let me see what have you done so a big Clint Diesel fan obviously because he made he made a Dirty Harry you know piss take basically mm-hmm. um, uh, because I guess Dead Right was the original name for Dirty Harry oh. so a big fan of Clint Eastwood and Don Siegel and then when he made Fistful of Fingers, which obviously, obviously is a fistful, fistful of dollars, dollars. Um, big fan of Sergio Leone and, and Clint Eastwood too. And it's not, that's not a bad way to kind of, I mean, I love those films too. And they're great directors and they, you know, and Clint Eastwood, aside from the whole talking to the chair thing, where, you know, in the, the last elect, president electoral race when he came out and talked to the chair and right. oh, just yeah. completely, I felt so bad for him because he yeah. just completely lost so much credibility from... Pretty much anyone I know, right. um, which is shit, because he's so great. But what? still, thought he would have been the the perfect either Judge Dredd, maybe like ten or fifteen years ago, like an older Judge Dredd, or also oh, yeah. uh, Batman uh, Returns, if they ever had made that into film. If they'd made a little it bit younger, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, yeah, perfect for that. Yeah, I thought yeah, I Clint so. would have been perfect for either of those films. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder does Edgar Wright has he met Clint Eastwood? Has he talked about that? His kind of homages to him. I don't know. I'm sure maybe he has. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But uh, he also did that ad for Don't and the Grindhouse. In the Grindhouse, right. For yeah. Robert Rodriguez, which was, it's, if you, it's out there too. It's really funny. Yeah. If you haven't seen that or watched it. Don't. Don't watch this film. Don't do this. Don't do that. But I love the. Um, or right, let's talk about some of his films. Like, or, all right, so start, start with Spaced, obviously. Or. Yeah. I don't know, should we t- talk about his films? I mean. No, let's talk, let's talk about Spaced. Talk about Spaced. Uh, I hadn't actually watched this until you recommended it to me. Because I think I was gone from Ireland at the time, so I missed it on TV and was over there. And I remember sitting around talk, one night, I was like, when it, it, in the last few years, and I never watched the whole thing. I think I caught bits of episodes. And I remember texting you going, have you ever seen Space? And you're like, you know, like fucking 10 times. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. And then I binge watched it over like two nights. Sure. And yeah. it's, of course, brilliant. It is fantastic, yeah. Because I'd already seen I, Shaun of the I, Dead before I saw that. So had I. I had seen Shaun of the Dead um, before I saw Space. And so I, I guess I didn't really know too much about the actors or the director. And so I'm watching Space, and I'm like, man, they totally just, like, bit off of this show. They get I was like, you. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, Simon Pegg, or I was like, this guy, what the fuck this guy, just he, all he did was he took all this stuff from Space and just kind of, you know, rolled it into it. Look, it's, she's even in the movie. I was like, and at first I kind of lost a little credibility. I, like, I was like, well, I thought Shawn Dead was great, but it's really just a ripoff of, you know, like. It's just the same then, dudes getting together and doing right. the same and, thing. But the, the, mo- the more I learned, I was like, okay, these are just, all these people are just fantastic. Oh, we lost Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett fell off my microphone. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you get to say that a day? 
There you go. Put them back. Um, yeah, you know, but then the more I learned about the guys, I was like, well, if I had seen Space first and then watched Shaun of the Dead, I would have, I think it would have made more, you know, I wouldn't have had that kind of, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. Um, and then the more I learned about these people, it's like they're all three of them are just best mates ever. Right. And, you know, they, I guess they probably assume, man, no one's watching Space, so let's, we can, we can use this bit. Yeah. We can use this bit. And it's like, okay, I don't mind that so much. So I think, but, yeah, like we said, when they were watching Space, they pulled Edgar Wright in and then they also pulled Nick Frost in because he hadn't been in anything up to this nothing, point. Nothing, yeah. He was, I guess he was, he, he, Simon Pegg knew him um, through his uh, Simon Pegg's girlfriend, girlfriend worked yeah. with Nick Frost at a at restaurant. At a restaurant, right. And just uh, said, this bloke's really funny and he wants to do stand-up. I think it was like a Mexican restaurant called like, right. like Jimmy Chongas or something. Yeah. I don't remember, but. And he just, he wanted to do stand-up, I guess. And then, of course, Simon Pegg was doing stand-up at the time and had been doing it for years up to this point. And then uh, he gave him some advice and he went and did it once and it was awful. Yeah, he said he did 12 shows. He's like, six were terrible and six were just okay. So he said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Right, but he is funny. You could kind of get that. Well, that's what Simon Pegg said, that he's like, Nick Frost is like the funniest guy I've ever met. Yeah, I think he's more like a Will Ferrell character, you know? Just anything he says and the way he says it, it's just hilarious. Sure. Um, like a great bloke to have around around you, you know, like just just makes you laugh all the time. And if you watch like outtakes of their films or or space, you can just see Simon Pegg just cracking up all the time, right? Because Nick Frost is just a waste. That shit is just brilliant. And I love their relationship. Is almost, um, uh, it's like almost you, you would if you looked at their relationship in the films they made and the way they go on each other. You see, they're like an intimate couple. Um, and I guess that spawns from when they shared a bed sit and they shared a bed <laughs> together. They. Um, so they have all the, all the intimacies broken down between the two of them, but they're both heterosexual men who are married, and uh, but they never, you know, ever right. crossed, went that all crossed that line, you know. But you can kind of see that they're that close, and like a, they're very intimate with each other when they kind of, you know. And then we'll get into that and Hot Fuzz, I think, a little bit. When yeah. Oh, and Sean that and Worlds in. I mean, there's yeah. you know, it's yeah, um, yeah. And Space was great because it was just like, wow, get out of my head, you know. I mean, yeah. it's a what, yeah, twenty something slacker. You know, no job, right. PlayStation, Star Wars obsessed. Yeah, how did yeah. they and know then, yeah. that was you? And then just the complex of like roommates and then the characters that developed from all the other, uh, you know, the, the supporting cast were all yeah. just super eccentric and just characters of just this yeah. one genre. Uh, like Mark Heap in that is just so funny. Oh. He, <laughs> he's just he's brilliant in that. And, and, and I know I watched the... Green Wing because of him. Have you ever seen that? I have. I, well, I've, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, which is I'm great. It's it. a really good show too. Um, but I watched that because he's so he's brilliant. I mean, if I was ever to write a film or, um, or, or, you know, I would put him in it because he's so funny. He's just so weird and awkward and and it was great to see him in World's End. In too. World's End, yeah, because he wasn't in Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. I don't think was he. Uh, he wasn't. There was. I guess there was scheduling conflicts, or he messed his back up. He was supposed to be in both of them. And he messed his back up um, for one of them. And then there was a there was a scheduling conflict, conflict with the other one. Or, you know, he was cut out with Sean of the Dead. I actually think they, he filmed some bits, but they actually cut him out. And then the second one, he was hurt. His back was hurt, so um, he didn't get to make it. But he was supposed to be. But it was nice to see him in that film. I heard Simon Pegg recently talking about that, saying, "No, we didn't follow him. He's a good bloke and he's a great friend." But it was different things that kept him out of the first two. Sure. But uh, yeah, I love him. He's so weird and fun. Uh, I, but. Uh, uh, you know, space was great. You know, it was because like the the rant that we just listened to about uh, uh, Jar Jar Binks, right? And, you know, and it was right at the turn of the century too. So I mean, right. it was just that change over ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. So Phantom Menace had just come out, and a lot of yeah. a lot of a lot of people were reeling or disappointed or 
or you know, kids were being reintroduced to it. So Star Wars was back into the mainstream yeah. and the collective conscious. And then this show sort of encapsulated the way that a lot of us thought about it. Yeah, and I love uh, their relationship. In a way, yeah. Yeah, I love the relationship we had with Daisy. Was great. Um, you know, will they, won't they, kind of thing. Or you know, when you kind of you were steering towards that, I think you know they both seemed like the same. They they needed each other in different ways, but um, like again, Jessica Stevens, I think really underrated. Um, but uh, you know, that's the go, but. But a great marker to put down, you know, to start your careers, kind of jumpstart their careers. Anyway. Great rewatchability, too, with space. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's it, relatively timeless. I mean, there are some things in it that kind of, like, give it that time stamp of, like, oh, this is 15 years old. But for the most part, it's, you know, the, the overall themes, I think, are things that we deal with every day. And yeah. It's just pretty. Uh, when I was rereading about space um, and some of the other actors, because they seem to, obviously, sign, or Edgar Wright seems to work with a lot of the same people. You know, Peter uh, Serafinowicz was in... Shaun of the Dead as Pete, yep. who got bitten, the roommate. Sure. And then also he was in um, Spaced in multiple episodes as that weird guy who slept with Daisy. Um, and I never realized this. And we the talked uh, this, paintballer. Yeah. We talked about this beforehand. That I always remember, like, that's so such a familiar voice. Where do I know that from? Yeah. And that he was the voice of Darth Maul, yeah. which is brilliant, you know, because... He didn't, and Darth Maul didn't have a whole hell of a lot of lines. No, but, the, you know... Yeah, I think he, I mean, what did he have, like four maybe, lines, maybe? Four or five lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, and it just had, yesterday had that kind of moment, like, oh shit, it is him. That's fucking great, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we, what, weird, what a weird thing they do, they seem to do at Lucasfilm, though, about overdubbing uh, the Sith Lord's voices. Like, they can't oh, have yeah, the like, same man, actor. you are perfect for this role. You look the part, you're the same height, the same size, you can do backflips, you're awesome. Right. Thanks. Oh, that's got to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna, right. we're gonna. Ah, uh, jeez, what do we do here? All right. How you do? That's yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, he's got that weird Australian accent. That's that's not menacing at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> but and then of course they did it with with uh, with David, David Prowse. Prowse. Yeah. But he has like a kind of a kind of country kind of Cornwallian accent, which is like, oh, oh wow, how are you doing there? It wouldn't <laughs> have been great if Darth Vader been like, oh, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> That doesn't sound right either, but it's isn't that weird how they kind of oh, done yeah, that? That's true. Done that with the Sith Lords, and um, not Palpatine, but because he's not. But uh, the other guys, yeah. they get dubbed. Hmm. Poor bastards. So if you ever sign up for one of those Star Wars movies, realize if you're a Sith Lord, you're not gonna. They're not gonna hear your voice. I wonder if the else's. voice of Darth Maul is making Star Wars money. You know, like you always just no. assume anybody associated with it probably is making not. Star Wars money, but no, probably not. But he, but Peter. Uh, Seraphina, which is brilliant. I mean, like he 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 was he's uh, he's also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, he is coming up too, um, and he's the voice of Satan in one of the best shows on TV right now, which is regular show. Oh, which I have on Cartoon Network. That's I hilarious. fucking love I that no show. Idea. I love it, and he's the voice right. of Satan, which makes sense. That's he's great. got their dude voice. Yeah. You know? um, I I love regular show as a kind of side thing. Side um, Mordecai and Rigby, hilarious, brilliant. Geese are the worst. I mean, they're just great. I mean, right. if you don't watch regular show, watch it. It's not for kids, not just for kids, but my son does love it too, but it's fucking brilliant. One of the best, funniest original shows on TV right now. And it's kind of like a, it's almost like a space. They allude to so much pop culture for throughout sure, that yeah. show yeah, that it kind of makes sense, you know? So maybe it's a cartoon version of space. Oh, it could be. But Peter uh, Finowitz, uh did Look Around You. Have you ever seen that? It was on Adult Swim a few years ago. I don't think I have. They made a couple of uh, series of it. It's, um, it's like um, television for schools and colleges. When you were off... If you were sick or if the teacher didn't want to bother teaching the class, you just turn this TV on. And okay. It would have like 
syllabus and educational programs and you'd follow along with your book and stuff. Like Open University was on BBC, which was kind of like for people who couldn't actually attend college or school. Um, like like I said, if they were sick or, or, or the teacher was like too lazy to give the lesson. Um, uh, like internet courses, basically, okay, yeah. now kind of thing. Uh, and was, but the on the Open University was always hosted by these like hippie brain box types, you know, um, with big winged hair and uh, corduroy pants, tweed jackets and uh, patches at the elbows, that kind of vibe, sure. you know? So basically, the uh, this Peter Serenifovich made this kind of uh, TV show kind of taking the piss out of that. All right. So check it out on YouTube. Um, it's called uh, Look Around You. And you can really, if you realize when you read through the comments, sometimes people go, oh, I'm just posting this as a, an early 1970s British educational program. And it's not. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> it's really ridiculous. If you right. watch it, it's really smart and funny. So check that out if you can. All right. But yeah, but he's just a kind of an offshoot from the space thing. Sure. Edgar Wright thing. And the, the course they brought him back in for Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. But he yeah. wasn't in any of the other films now. No. no. Um, I'm sure he was busy. I know a lot of the other cast from um, Spaced have been given like extra roles like there were a lot of the cast from space that were zombies in the uh or, or the zed word in Shaun of the dead yeah um you can see like if you i mean if you slow it down you can see like the bike messenger guy he's you know, like in multiple scenes and yeah yeah uh i mean there's a ton the of bike parts, messenger guy is in all the ben wheatley films too um what is his name the irish guy oh christ almighty um let me see if i can I find it real nothing. quick um, he's in, and he's in um, uh, a field in England too. All right. like he's in all the Ben Wheatley stuff. Um, uh, he's in uh, Kill List. I know. Um, I don't know if he's in Sightseers or not. But I think we're totally given the impression that, the, that there's only like 75 people that live in the UK right now. <laughs> I mean, well, 75 cool people that they like to work with, maybe. I guess. But um, uh, what is his bloody name? I'm trying to find it here on e, on uh, IMDb. Uh, Michael Smiley, that's it. All right, Michael Smiley. Tires O'Flaherty, who plays only in two episodes. It seemed like he was in every one. Yeah, it does. You know, kind of yeah. dance. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Edgar Wright, Spaced. Okay, so Spaced. So then, notably, the next thing he did after Space, following that up, what, four or five years later? Three years later, 2004, was when Shaun of the Dead came out. Right. And it completely, like, no, I don't think anybody really done that kind of thing where you're making a a genre movie, but it's not really a genre movie. I mean, it's... It was a comedy that featured horror right. elements, not a horror movie that was funny. Not like a campy horror like movie. Like Evil Dead 2. Right. It was a, this is a comedy. And, you know, with, what? Oh. Was Boba Fett teetering? No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> it almost found the Sonic pig again. Oh. Um, yeah. So Boba was, Fett's sitting on top of my microphone, by the way, in case you're yeah. wondering what we're talking about. We're not, it's not a euphemism for any sexual shit. Um, oh, Boba Fett not just yet, fell off your microphone. Oh, oh no, man, that's what she again. said. So as tight as like Edgar Wright, the director of the Cornetto trilogy, is with Simon Pegg, who is the Nerd King. Um, All hail and, Simon and uh, and Nick Frost. Uh, who what a range! Um, the, neither Simon Pegg nor Nick Frost were in Edgar Wright's um, adaptation of Scott Pilgrim vs. No. the World. Well, it must have been a timing thing because there's so many kind of famous people in that film in oh, very small parts yeah a lot of cameos um but you know simon frost uh simon pegg and nick frost were filming paul at the same time okay i mean at the exact same time what do you think of paul um it 
He didn't like it. Look at him. He's struggling. Yeah. No, it's not that. He doesn't want to stay at it's negative. Not that I didn't like it. I thought it was funny. I mean, it was, you know. It was all right. It was, as much as they say it's not a like a niche niche movie, like um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz were both, you know, like zombie movie, um, cop movie. Paul was more, I mean, I think it was probably directed at a broader audience. You know, it was more for like a the, the stoner nerds. Yeah, it was good I mean, to see Nick Frost as the lead in a way. You know, because yeah. he was kind of the lead. He was. Film. He did kind of take the lead. Yeah. But once again, it was that relation that they have. You know, the whole kind of, um, you know, intimate relationship because they kind of in that film too. They could have been a couple again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they alluded to to it as well. Actually, yeah, as she talked about. It. I, think, I thought you two were together. <laughs> you know, but Paul was okay. It was yeah, funny it was in places. It was funny. Yeah, I mean, I, it, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about no, Paul. The best thing about Paul was when they did those outtakes where they were. In the desert. In the desert. As C-3PO and R2-D2. Because they are kind of C-3PO and R2-D2, they, really, aren't they? That is... Kind of look like... Really them. good, yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's, if you haven't seen that, check that out. Just go to, like, just... If you just Google search Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, R2-D2, C-3PO, you'll find it. And it's really funny. It's really they funny. some funny little stuff with it. But anyway, back to Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. Uh, what did you think of Scott Pilgrim? I enjoyed it. I mean, I think visually it's great. You know, it looks really cool. Um, I think, you know, it looks like a Nick... Uh, uh, Nick Wright. Looks like an Edgar Wright film. Yes. Um, I think Michael Sarah annoys me, so, you know, had that going against it. But it also had Mary Elizabeth Winston in it, and I think she's absolutely awesome. So I think she's really, really great. She made the remake of The Thing good for me. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of hers. Um, you know, and, and um, Aubrey Piazza is in it too, and I love her as She's well. great. She's yeah. awesome. So there's All um, the cameos, I think, were, were spot on. I mean, yeah. I think people nailed it. I think as a, you know, as a guy who's kind of raised playing video games... It a lot of the movie made sense to me. Like it, right. nothing was disruptive, but yeah, uh, I talked to a lot. Great of people, idea. Pop, a lot of people who are like, "Well, I'm not a gamer. I didn't, you know, a lot of the stuff didn't make any sense to me. I didn't get it, and you know, it just seems so. A lot of it seems so obvious to me, but but it was just because it's yeah. almost too niche. Maybe you think? Maybe I think. I mean, it's a movie version of a comic book that's kind of playing towards video games. I guess a little bit. Yeah, that's the best way I can. I don't know. But uh, good, good, good film though, man. I mean, I, I, when I watched it, like, that was good. I enjoyed it. You know, yeah. it didn't, it didn't suck. But probably out of the movies that he's currently made, it's probably the weakest. I'd say. I mean, I don't know what the box office numbers are for all of right. his movies, but I, if I had to guess, if someone said which one do you think is made the least, I would say, you know, probably, right. probably Scott Pilgrim. So weird when they're both making their separate projects without each other, because let's just say Peg and Frost are one entity. Right. Um, the Peg, the Peg Frost. Ian, sure. and then you have Edgar Wright. So when they're both making their separate deals, they were the weakest projects that they made. Correct. So maybe they should not just, bad projects. No, but, but just the weakest of the ones. So maybe they made. just concentrate on working together Amen. all the time. Yeah. Scorsese, De Niro, you know. Right. Scorsese, DiCaprio, Wright, Peg Frostian. There's a formula to it. But uh, it was good though. Scott Pilgrim vs. World was good. Yeah, definitely worth a watch if you haven't a- seen absolutely, it. Absolutely, I assume sure. everybody who's listened to this is, is has probably already seen it. Yeah, yeah so probably quoting it. Right if you now. haven't, well, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, but let's talk about Peg and Frost. Peg and Frosty and that beast we've merged together. Okay. Um, Simon Peg. You should hate him. You know that. What? We should all hate it, him. It would. It'd be really easy to to hate him, but I think that hate would stem from just pure unadulterated jealousy. Of course. I mean, coming from a come, coming from someone who's you know grown up with, with Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who and um, that. Do we have a list of all the things? Let's just list of all the things he's done. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Um, he's done uh, uh, 
let me see. He's done. You know what? I I found some things after like thinking about this. I found some other things that I didn't realize he'd done. He's um okay. Space, great. Okay, great. Yeah. Right. Let's say the Carnage trilogy, great. Sure. So he's got to fight zombies. Right. He's, he's got to. He's got to play the super cop. Like yeah. you know, you're right. He's Mel got, Gibson, bad boy, like, lethal weapon. Yeah. You know, alien robots. Okay. He's got. He's been in Doctor Who as the editor in the long game with that was the Eccleston version of Doctor Who. So right. he's got to be in, he's got to meet and hang out with Doctor Who. Yep. He's got to play Strontium Dog, uh, Johnny Alpha. Any of you 2000 AD fans will know about this. He in audio plays. He got to play Johnny Alpha and Strontium Dog, one of my favorite all-time comic book characters. I, I what the fuck, you motherfucker? Okay. Um, he's been in Mission Impossible films. Yep. Um, he's been Scotty. Yep, Star Trek. Star Trek. He's been yeah. on the Enterprise. Um, he was also in the feature film version of a cool show I used to watch called Bottom with Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson, which is guest host Paradiso. He's in that too. So he's in the two of my comic comedy heroes. Okay, Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson. If you don't know them, they're also in the young ones. Uh, it's Rick and Vivian. Um, he was in that film. Didn't right. even know that son of a bitch. Um, he's been in what else has he done uh he was the voice of dingar which is a bounty hunter in the clone wars star so, wars star take wars. that box yep take that box um uh he, he probably was, he him and jj abrams are such good buddies oh I yeah mean, he's odds how could he not even have a small part in that film all right he's in the uh, new film. he was the voice of reap cheap in the chronicles of narnia yeah which I, love those, I love those books growing up um he was in um band of brothers he was in band of brothers another brilliant show absolutely amazing um, fantastic um, We're missing something here. Oh well, uh, he is he going to be Ant Man? I don't think so. I, I I actually heard him talk about a number of things too, as far as the uh, of Ant Man and then the episode seven, the Star Wars, and he has pretty clear thoughts on why he shouldn't. He thinks he shouldn't be in Star Wars, and it's really clever. Um, you don't and, think and he'd be like well a thought. droid. He could be a droid, though. He, he may be, be a droid or a stormtrooper. Uncredited, you know. Well, right. And he's he says that he... The reason he enjoyed the prequels so much... Not the prequels, I'm sorry. The original trilogy is because basically everybody in that movie, except for like Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing, it was all no names. So right. you didn't know this person. You haven't established in your head who this, you know, this actor. So you're not the whole time thinking, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. It's just that character. And he said that he would be doing it a disservice. And, and you know, it's playing against ego and modesty at the same time. It's like, well, which is this, your ego or are you being modest? You know, by saying, I don't want people to watch this movie and the entire time think, oh, that's Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg is this guy. This is Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg. He would much rather these the new roles be filled with people who are either established as those characters themselves, like, you know, have Harrison Ford come back and be Han Solo, or have it be new actors so you're not, the whole time you're not going, fuck, I hate that actor. I don't like that guy or, right. you know, whatever. He's been better in other things and now he's trying to do this. So he's like, I don't, I don't think I want to be part of it. But, and he said, having said that, if J.J. Abrams says, hey, I'm making this movie, I want you to come and be involved. He's like, I totally will be involved. So How I, could you not, though? I mean, I personally oh, no, no, couldn't. I, I think, there's no way. I'd be like, I don't care. I mean, I don't want a big part because I, I think that's, that's a great attitude for him to have and it's the right one. But I want to be in it in a small way. Sure. Just for my own self-gratification, you know, because it's right there and you can be part of that whole mythology. You're already part of so many other great mythologies. and But this is, his, I know that Star Wars is his thing. 
You know, yeah. it's obvious throughout the years of watching his career. Oh, yeah. Star Wars is his thing. So how could you not do that? It's bullshit. He's going to be in it. No, no, no. He, and I don't, I, I'm not saying that he won't be in it. What I'm saying is I don't, if he is in it, he's going to have a lot of makeup on or he'll be, yeah. you know, have a helmet on or something. I mean, he'll, he'll be a part of it just so he can be like, yep, I'm going to, that's, I'm taking that one off. Right. <laughs> what else is left? What else can he do? Let's seriously think about that. What else can, well, he hasn't been in a Marvel film yet, right? No, and I imagine if Edgar Wright is making Ant Man, then Simon Pegg will probably have a role. But I, I, I don't think. He, well, I, I mean, he could be. Who knows, who's to say? But I, it's it's unlikely. But like he, he hasn't been in a Marvel, so he hasn't been in a superhero film yet. No Marvel, no DC yet for him, right? No. So he's still got that to do. He does still. So have fuck to. him. He's not that perfect. <laughs> no, I think Simon Pegg's brilliant. Call me too. I mean, he's the only actor who's. Uh, who's starred in adaptations of Star Trek, Star Wars, and Doctor Who? I mean, yeah. that's—I mean, those credentials alone is pretty impressive. I know. Um, have you? But yeah, you want to be like you know, fuck you, douchebag. Yeah, and he's but, also been a stand-up comedian too. Yeah. Have you ever seen his stand-up I stuff? Never have. It's out there. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, just type in uh, early stand-up Simon Pegg, and you'll see it. And it's okay. Yeah. It's not great. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think he's found his niche as he a writer and an actor, right? Um, but he was good. I mean, shit. He's still take. We you talked earlier on. That takes a lot of balls I, to do that. You I, know? I would be completely on board with if uh, Abrams is like, okay, you, you know what? The script that you've you've just given me is absolute shit. I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, Simon Pegg, I I, w- I want you to help write this with Pat Oswalt. Okay. I want you guys to deal. Let's to, do it. To hash this out. Take what I have I and then Pat make Nos- make the changes. Yeah, I'd love Pat Oswalt to be writing that film. I mean, I think that's... Or have some involvement. It, or at yeah. least fact check it. You know, like, this just kind of go, here, take take this, take a look at it, see what you think. Did you read those tweets, changes. those kind of dis- disembodied tweets he was doing? Are you following him on Twitter, Pat Oswald? Uh, th- yeah, I think I am. I don't know. You need to, because he did, like a week ago, he did this, di- these disembodied tweets that were, if you read them the wrong way, it would be the most incredibly insulting stuff on the internet, like bad racism, bad, you know, homophobia, bad everything. Right. But it was the way he put it, like, you know, it was kind of like, um, kind of like when you watch uh, The End of the Naked Gun. You know, where they're going, oh, look at that. It's a Dick Richard, you know, and they oh. kind of finished the thing so it makes sense, so it's not offensive. Right. Well, he right. did that only tweeted the whole day of, I mean, bad shit. But right. it was fucking brilliant because I know he was, and then he was retweeting people's responses. Sure. Because they weren't getting the joke and they weren't uh, yeah. finishing reading his tweets. Right, right. It's like when people, like, uh, post Onion articles on Facebook. Yeah. Like, I can't believe this is, you know. Right. Okay, well, but calm down. Go back and read his timeline right, from like will. a week I'll go ago. Back. I'll check it back. It's fucking brilliant. It's really, really funny. But yeah, Patton Oswalt, I think he'd be great. Yeah, so if Simon Pegg was involved in that way, I'd be fine with that. But um, um, He's got another film, The Fantastic Fear of Everything, which came out last year, which hasn't been released in the US yet, and I've tried finding it. It's not out on DVD either, and never got a theatrical release called, you know, like I said, The Fantastic Fear of Everything. Which I've seen. If you haven't, oh, seen oh no, clips I think I have it, seen. I've seen it. He looks like he's in his underpants a lot in the film. He's like running around his pants, um, scary looking hedgehog doll. It looks like a kind of like a, it looks like an Edgar Wright kind of film too, because it goes in between fantasy and reality. It, it goes in between comic book or or um, a green screen and then to reality again, like dream sequences and stuff too. Um, it it seems like he's kind of trying. It's like a comedy, but very dark. Kind of like his punch drunk love, or his uh, uh, right, that yeah. did, or a Stranger Than Fiction that Farrell did, or Truman Show that that Carrie did. Kind of like it's his. Okay, I'm serious as well because I think he's a really good actor, and I think specifically in Shaun the Dead, you know, some of those emotional scenes were really, really good. Oh man! And he did some great, you know, great work in in that, particularly in that film. So, 
Um, I, I want to see it, but you can't get to see it over here yet. Oh, just give it time. Uh, did you also know that he is the godfather of Apple? Yeah, I know that. Yeah. yeah the yeah, yeah, why not? Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow's. Right. Yeah. So, so why not? Yeah, yeah. What, what else? Thanks, Simon. Just, yeah. just leave something for the rest of us, will you? For fuck's sake. He'll probably take over this podcast next week. Do you know he was also in the um, Death and Return of Superman, the Max Landis video? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well you know why? You know what the connection is in there? Because John, him and John, John Landis, he made a film with John Landis, uh, Burke and Hare. Oh, right, yeah. With uh, Andy Serkis. And I think that's where that connection comes Got with, to Max Landis. Yeah. Um, but, so Simon Pegg, and then, and, so you say Simon Pegg, and you also say, and Nick Frost. And Nick Frost. So, Nick Frost. Also, not he had not a lot of credits. I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, he's in Snow White and the Huntsman. Did you see that? I did, but I can't remember his. He was role. a dwarf. He's oh, one of the dwarfs. Right, they were all CGI. They were CGI shrunk. Right. And Mc, Ian McShane's a bunch of famous people. Sure. But yeah, he was one of the dwarfs. Um, I don't know if they got tattoos though, like the hobbits did when they made Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I don't know if it was the same. Like the Fellowship tattoo, but they got yeah. the seven. Yeah, and it was tattoo. the same weight. Probably behind not. the seven dwarves and Snow White and the Huntsman. They probably all got tattoos, but it was just that each one was different right. and meant something to them individually and had nothing to do right. with the movie. But not not a terrible film, though, to be honest, Snow White and the Huntsman. But they're talking about making another one. Yeah. And it wasn't terrible. I didn't yeah, hate it. Was, it. No, I didn't hate it. It was all right. You know? Um, mm. But but Nick Frost, though, I think is the better actor. And, and I know I say... He's Overall. Like, I think he's just... He's that, like we said, that Will Farrell aspect of just being funny. And I think, especially in World's End, he was more serious than he's ever been. He had a very serious role on that, you know, I thought. But, like, Danny Butterman is one of the greatest um, characters in cinema history for me. I mean, uh, in Hoffos. He's so good in that. Oh, he's so, so sweet. Good. And so, and so yeah. funny and just real, you know, just and great. Sincere and just oh naive. And it was brilliant, like yeah. childlike, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the things he said. You know, I mean, talking about why is that bloke his, his head down? Because he's fuck ugly, he you know? Fuck ugly, yeah. But why is he on his face? Because he's fuck ugly, you know? I mean, he's just, you know, the whole, you're off the fucking chain. You know, we could quote and quote and quote, oh, but yeah. just brilliant. It, so brilliant in that film. Um, I love, so he gets, he seems to get all the best roles in those Blood and Ice Cream, in the oh, Blood yeah. and Ice Cream films. You know, like Ed, uh, any of you cunts want to drink? Yeah. Which when I Can saw I that, the, any you cunts when I saw that the first time, I knew, oh, 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 Bear Grylls Buffett. He's staying He's down. down. He's down. They're, um, Hang out with the zombies. When I saw that film and that started like that, I knew I was going to love it. But he's, he's, I don't know, he's brilliant. I really am a big, like Ed, Danny, and Andy from those three films are three of the strongest characters in those films. And what's the word? Disparate, I think. I mean, those characters were nothing alike. Right. I mean, there was nothing right. identifiable no. between the three kids. There was no, you know. No, he's great. He's, and, he, and the other thing, too, good. is, I think Sam Pegg had something when he was saying that he wouldn't be in, in he he said he'd be doing a disservice by having a major role in Star Wars because you would the whole time you think Sam Pegg. Um, watching The World's End, I'm watching his character Gary, but the whole time I'm thinking, man, you know, Sam Pegg, Sam Pegg, Sam Pegg. But Nick Frost, his character, he pulled me away from Nick Frost. He was Frost. just Andy. He was Andy. Yeah. You know, and it was the same way with all three movies. You know, it was just, he yeah. pulled me in, and I forget that I'm looking at you know this actor. I'm watching this actor be somebody. Yeah. I'm just watching that. That he, dude, he's got that like guy. a he's got like a film coming out, a Cuban Cuban Fury, like a dancing competition film where he's he, like Cuban as in Cuban oh, heels, man. and yeah, I think it's gonna be great. Oh my god, that's I awesome. bet it's great. Yeah, 
But he was also in Hyperdrive. Have you seen those? I, I've seen some of them. I haven't seen the whole series yet. It's okay. It's just okay. Um, yeah. I, it's like a kind of a Red Dwarf ripoff for me a bit, yeah. which I love. I'm such a big Red Dwarf. And we should talk about that more in a different episode, the we Red should. Dwarf specifically. My only problem with Hyperdrive is that they take jokes too far. Like, yeah. I don't know what I mean. Like, I think they just kind of grind them in your face. Like, like, I don't think when Edgar Wright sets up a joke, you know, he sets up a joke, he tells it, and then he lets it go, and he doesn't have to explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, he just he doesn't dumb down any of the stuff for you. And, and he puts so many subtle jokes in there that you can, you know, especially with Shaun of the Dead, you go back and watch it, and you'd be like, oh, I can't believe I totally missed this. Um, you know, and I've seen it 20 times. Right. But the hyperdrive was just, there was a few times where it was just kind of, let me just push this joke and push this joke and push this joke and like, okay, let it go, move on. Right. And that was that was my biggest complaint with the show. I mean, Yeah, it's okay. It's just, it's just, and bottom line is it's not that funny. You know, it's... Well, that's it too. Yeah. It's just not that funny. Yeah, you can't... You, telling the joke over and over and over doesn't make yeah. it funnier Nick, anymore. Nick, Nick Frost is great in it, but it's oh, yeah. just not that well written. So it's just not as funny. But once again, it's the two series as well. And it's yeah. all on out there on Netflix. You can binge watch yeah. it if you want. But it's worth it just because Nick Frost, I think, is great. He's really funny on Twitter too. He's probably the funniest of them all on Twitter. He's a little more subtle. I believe he he stopped. Um, he is. He seemed like a nicer bloke. He's a West Ham fan, which I kind of have a soft spot for because my old man's a West Ham fan because he used to live in East Ham in London when him and my mum got married when they first got married. So um, yeah, like uh, over the past couple of days, it's funny. Like Edgar Wright has been, um, and I, I get that he's got a lot to lose, so he's just shamelessly plugging this movie. I mean, sh- and that's why. I said the other day, I was like, do you think Cornetto will ever have to advertise again? The Cornetto, the ice cream company. No way. Cornetto Global will never have to advertise again. I mean, I, mean, the, they get, I, I hope mean, they're getting money from them um, at this point. They have to. I mean, they have to. But uh, so Edgar Wright has been just shamelessly, like every one of his tweets is about, you know, where it's, where you can watch it, where yeah. you can see it. He's retweeting people who've seen it, whatever. And then you got <laughs> Nick Frost is like, I just saw a bartender throw a dollar back in a guy's face. Right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, huh. fantastic. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah. oh, some girl's trying to get everybody to sing in this bar. You know. Yeah. So. Have you ever seen him do the cake flushing stuff on YouTube where they flush cakes down the toilet? <laughs> right. It's him and Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, but I think it's also Nick Frost. Right. It's uh, where he flushes birthday cakes <laughs> down the toilet in hotels. You should do that because oh, well. there's <laughs> multiple ones on the internet. All right. So you can just watch them flush. Watch. Nick Frost flush birthday cake down toilets in hotel rooms. That's what they do when they're bored. All right. Which I'm sure is, you know, when on these press junkets, the same shit over and over again. You got to do whatever you can do to kind of keep yourself. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Like, what are we going to do with all this fucking cake? Why do we keep getting, where did all this cake come from? <laughs> I know. Let's flush them down let's the toilet. Just, yeah. Um, but he's he's brilliant on Twitter. He actually got off Twitter a couple of years ago when um, he just seems like a good bloke, you know. I mean, they all seem like nice blokes. Yeah. Um, but you... He, well, I guess when Amy Winehouse died and there was such a backlash, you know, because every time anyone dies and they're kind of a polarizing character, there's always this huge backlash of people who just come out. Like we talked about the internet and a different thing earlier oh, right, on. Yeah. About everyone's just such a cunt on the internet and they have this, you know. Well, Anonymous is. Right, yeah, they have, yeah, that guy is such a fucker. God. But they have this, you know, it, it's that, and, you know, you can get away with it because there's no repercussions because no one can find you sure. or whatever. It's yeah. bullshit. It's yeah. that's such a cowardly a coward. way to go about things but of course when Amy Winehouse died there was a lot of this shit well oh rehab and she should have went to fucking rehab and it was, but it was a sad thing she was a very talented kind of messed up girl that didn't deserve to f- what she got you know right and then he got off Twitter I guess and gave up for like a year almost because he was so pissed off he's like well people are fucked up sure but uh, I'm glad he came back because yeah, he's really too. fucking funny yeah. and he does simple stuff about talk about his Sunday roasts and shit too 
yeah, I think Nick Frost is uh, um, out of the three because he doesn't do the writing of the films. But you can get, you know that he's you know, there's a lot of, you know because with those guys they're so funny. There's probably a bunch of you know improv stuff happening. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's so much ad lib and yeah, yeah, like yeah, Danny Burman, man. I need a t-shirt with him on it. Yeah. So once again, we went on tour. Yes, we did. Um, we went to see our the, tours are always so much fun. I know. Um, but we only go see movies. We need to start doing like yeah. art, art museums and. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Okay, never mind. Although we didn't get to go to Crypticon last weekend, which is a bummer, you know, because I know we wanted to do that and we had people there, you know, we wanted to see, but we didn't actually get to do it. You know, fucking shit happens, man. Sure. Um, so don't hold it against us that we said we were going to be there and hopefully you weren't looking for us. Well, you know, they didn't know we didn't go until you just told them. I shouldn't have said anything. I mean, Crypticon was awesome, wasn't it? Fantastic? Oh my god, it was so good! So and we were dressed scary. up at those scary ghosts. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. So we didn't disappoint our legion of fans. Right. Um, but we did go on tour. We went to see the Cornetto trilogy at AMC in Olathe. Yes. Um, we tried to get to see Alamo, but they sold out in 24 hours, so we didn't actually manage to get tickets. Which for is that. good for Alamo. That's good. Yeah, but it was fun too, and uh, we got a different experience at uh, the Olathe. And I'm glad we picked it. It was great. It was very nice. Theater was lovely. Um, beer was expensive. And big, though. Big, giant 32-ounce beers, which was great, but expensive. But um, great fun time. And uh, what we did was, we, after every film, we came out and we talked about what we just experienced. We talked a little bit about the film, and then we talked a little bit about what was happening in the theater, too. Right, yeah, because we really want to talk about the experience so much, right. because most people have seen the film. So, so we're setting you up a little bit here for this. Um, yeah. You're going to hear us... And our thoughts after every film and then after the last film. Um, so here is that. Here it goes. We just got out of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, what a great film. Man, it, as funny as it is, I always forget about how suspenseful it is as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's there at the end. You're like, it's a little, little, yeah. little, little emotional. Yeah, definitely touching. I mean, uh, you know, me, I mean, crying all the time. There was a couple of moments, you know, when, when uh, his stepdad died, of course, and then uh, when... Uh, and Ed, you know, I mean, it was it was really emotional. Oh yeah, the whole mom scene. I mean, that's yeah, it's great. I mean, um, it was such a good film, you know. And honestly, it's weird because I always think that like I prefer Hot Fuzz over Shaun of the Dead. But you know, when I watch, I haven't watched Shaun of the Dead in, in its entirety in a long time. And when I watched that, being it the first one, kind of was like, well, is this the best one of the three? I mean, well, we haven't seen the third one yet, but is this the best one? It still has that Star Wars effect. You know, it was the first Edgar Wright, well, the first Cornetto trilogy, so you still have that. That one's always going to be my favorite. You know, it's hard to top, but then when you look back, you're like, well, Hot Fuzz might be a better film. But That's like Empire, right? That's Empire to start with. Exactly. But I don't know. It's it, it's so funny, so smart, so tight, so just a great, great all-around film. So much foreshadowing that I always forget about, and then when I'm watching it, I'm like, that's hilarious. He just said that because yeah. in about five minutes, something, yeah. And, of course, the music is great in it, you know, Ghost Town at the start with the specials, and then the da-da-da-da-da-da. Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, it's great. It's just such a really fun, you know, emotionally investing film. And uh, honestly, Simon Pegg, very underrated performance in that, you know, I thought. I mean, really, really good. You know, I mean, I believed it. And he's become Simon Pegg now. But at that point, he was just the guy who was in space and a stand-up comedian. So, uh, you know, nice to see Martin Freeman in there. I knew that he was in there as well. And uh, uh, Matt Lucas as well from um, uh, Little Britain. Which I kind of I'd forgotten that he. I forgot he was in the at the end. He was the, the Bizarro Ed. Bizarro Ed. But uh, yeah, brilliant. So, uh, ours is still intact. Yeah, but Numathon Hour Two. So we're good. So we're gonna go back in and watch Half Fuzz, and uh, which is obviously, as I said earlier, my favorite of the the two so far. But we'll see about that. 
It is a packed house. I mean, it's full. There's not an open seat in the place. Um, what did we get? We got a T-shirt on the way in? Yeah, it was great. I mean, we got a T-shirt. We had this little fancy lanyard thing, which we'll take pictures of and put up. But uh, we didn't get Cornettos, which they, they said on the website. I don't think they exist in the United States. And I posed this question out to anybody. What is the ratio of people who are watching the Cornetto trilogy today and those who have actually tasted the Cornettos? Right, well, I have. (laughs) You might be the only one in the audience, so. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys in two hours. Yeah. And we're back, hour four of Buttonomathon. We have just finished with um, Hot Fuzz. And uh, it's, uh, what can you say? It's amazing. I mean, what can we say that hasn't really already been said a hundred times? It's great. Um, It's tough. The second one was a little tougher. (laughs) Um, But it's such a great film, especially the last act. It's just incredible and it's a love story between two blokes i love that. it really is yeah you forget that it is it's a bromance for sure so, was this the first what was the last movie marathon you've been to i think this might be my first like proper movie marathon that doesn't involve sitting on my couch yeah i think this is my i mean i went to see star wars and empire strikes back when i was a kid but i think two doesn't really count it's a double bill Three is a movie marathon, so this would be my first as well, so we're movie marathon versions. I mean, I'm cool right now, but I'm glad that the last film I'm seeing is something that I haven't seen yet. I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I think that the, the trivia thing they're doing midway is terrible. Lame. It's awful. And they're getting the piss taken out of them by the crowd, who are like, what is this? This is so shit. I also think the guy right behind us, obviously Hot Fuzz, was his most favorite film of all time. Because he was freaking the fuck out about everything. Super laughing at every joke. Super ooing at every ooh ma- a bit. You know, it, he's just, he's into it. So It was almost as if this was his favorite movie that he's never seen. You know, like every single moment was completely over the top. Where oh, look. I did catch one thing that I didn't catch before. And you kind of tipped me off to it during, during the film. When he goes, it's Sanford. I was like... Oh, it's Chinatown, Jake. Yeah. I mean, see, because it's great a bit about these films. They're so smart. There's so much in them. I'm not made of eyes. <laughs> not made of eyes. But uh, it, it, this is cool. I mean, I like this experience. Um, it's different. I don't know if I do it a lot, movie marathons, because it is tough. You know, it, you're not gonna do the Fast and Furious marathon, then I'm guessing. No, and I wouldn't have done the fucking Lord of the Rings one. That was like 18 hours or some shit. You know, that was that would have been a lot. That's fucking brutal. But, uh, yeah, so this is great, though. This is fun. I'm really looking forward to the world's end. We've talked about that before, earlier, and uh, hopefully it lives up because it's got... it's it, So much hype. If it's the Jedi, though, to the Empire Strikes Back, which is Hot Fuzz, it's probably not going to be as good. I, I wonder, do you... Even I noticed in Hot Fuzz, too, was I had forgotten how much actual foreshadowing existed in that movie, too. Yeah. Like... And, you know, it's hindsight is always twenty twenty, where you see it afterwards. But, yeah, I'm wondering if the world's end is going to have that kind of foreshadowing as well. Um, Edgar Wright, man, his cuts are killer and always... He would be a brilliant, like, action movie director. He would be a brilliant action because it's so quick, it's so on it. I mean, he had Timmy the Dalton in that film. I was thinking, watching this, like, he could totally do a good, cool James Bond, I think. He could make a really cool James Bond movie. Um, I, I think it's funny. I think those guys would really appreciate the fact that we are kind of comparing their trilogy to Star Wars because, and I think even if they thought the third film was a little bit less than the second one, I think they'd be cool with that somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey man, let's go and see the third one. Ten more minutes. Okay, we've officially made it to the world's end. <laughs> yeah. It is over. We have just walked out. Yeah. 
We did buy a pint right before, which was apt, I think. Yeah. I think it would be important to watch this film with a pint. Yeah, it was appropriate. At 32 Otherwise, hours. I'd really want one because they drink constantly throughout the film. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 12 pints plus uh, shots. Yeah. I mean, Nick Frost did, what, the five shots in a row there? But we've also, we haven't, on the way out of the theater, um, amongst the yelling, clapping, screaming nerds, we said nothing to each other about our thoughts post-movie. So, uh, just quick, yeah, let's just gather quick, them. down and dirty, okay. just initial thoughts come right after. I mean, it's been five minutes. I would say it's, uh, it's not so much a Return of the Jedi, more Phantom Menace, and not so much a Last Crusade, more Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. Does that make sense? Wow, completely different take on that. Yeah. Completely. I think the last 10 or 15 minutes were a little bonkers, but everything leading up to that, I was comp- very, very happy. I got the impression that people were too comfortable in their roles now, too comfortable with the direction they were going. It seemed like they were, you know, at every turn squeaking in another joke just because they could, just because yeah. of the opportunity to. And that got a little overwhelming at first, but it did get a laugh from me almost every time. Yeah. I don't know. I think for the experience, it kind of hampered the film because you got to watch Shaun the Dead and Hoffos before it. So then going into this one, I was thinking, this has to be better, you know, because the way it's gone, Shaun the Dead, brilliant, Hoffos, more brilliant, and the, and the, and the world, more brilliant, right? Yeah. Um, but no, not for me. And It left you wanting? Yeah, I'll have to amend the cinema code of conduct because the dude's sitting right behind us. Yeah. I, at one point, almost said something to him. And in, at a movie, we're at a movie premiere. We're at a marathon, a trilogy marathon, a movie. So I couldn't, because obviously these are the fans, fans. These are the uber geeks. But dude, seriously, he laughed louder, fakely, at every, every kind of hint of a joke, to the point where it was fucking annoying. That, even the things you saw coming. It yeah. was even the things the that were telegraphed. On the fucking advertisement on TV. He was, he was like, like, yeah. He's like, what was that? You're like, come on, dude. I never saw that coming. So that was fucking annoying. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I thought the first half an hour of the film w- was great. And those characters were interesting. And there was something there. And Gary King was a sad dude. Not a very happy character. And, and I wanted to see that whole film. Um, and then with, it was good with the robots and the genre thing. And they but we it. knew that was coming. We oh, knew yeah, that I was coming. It. I get it, but it just we just kind of forgot about that almost. Oh, yeah. Like, I completely, like, 30 minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, wait, aren't there robots? Yeah. Yeah, and that was, that was for me, it was kind of a bummer because it, I, it was more entertained in the first half. It reminded me of, if I hadn't known anything about this movie, I would have walked out of here going, man, that reminds me a lot of Dust Till Dawn. Where the first half of the movie is one movie and the second half of the movie is batshit insane. The difference is... From Dustin Dawn was good. Oh, I, I think I think I'm gonna have to go watch this again in a couple of weeks in an empty theater so that I can catch Maybe. all the nuances. Without that annoying guy, right? Well, hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I'd watch it again, but it's definitely not Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. I love. I was waiting for the Cornetto reference, which was, which came and it was fine. That was nice. Because I was like, because I, I thought like, have I seen that? And I and of course we hadn't. And they did. They they showed it. So I won't say, but um, yeah, man, didn't do it for me. I, I was I was pleasantly I was pleased. I was happy. I enjoyed the movie as a summer movie. I think there was a lot of hype to it. I think I can't remember a movie hyped up as much, and I don't know if it's just because of who I follow on Twitter 
You know, it was because just it been in our face for the past yeah, like week. Great job advertising that market has been brilliant. You know, so hey man, I I said uh, no, worth the money though, worth twenty bucks to go and get like this little laminate thing and get a fucking t-shirt and watch the three movies. Definitely worth the money, and it was fun. I mean, but you know, I was glad that I got to watch Shaun of the Dead half was the world's ender. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we like I said, we've just come out of the theater, so we're gonna take a few days, process it, possibly go see a. Uh, matinee somewhere where it's less crowded kind of get another idea i would do it i'd see it i'd see it again right less annoying dudes you hope but there was no farting no christ (laughs) which is unusual because it was like nine hours well no like six and a half seven hours of film so but hey that's okay all right well headspace invaders signing out from the uh world's end trilogy you guys in the studio take it away david all right so um, but I'm back. Thanks, Adam, for that drop-in. And thanks for throwing back to me. Yes. What's up? Um, so that's it. That's what we thought. That's the exper- the time we had. Um, we'd like to say we're at Boulevard Brewery again, and we're drinking again. Which yes. Is, which is, I think, appropriate. That's our theme, right. Uh, for, for, this, for, the, the, for the third film, at least. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was that was how we felt about it. You still feel the same way? Yeah, I, I think we still have conflicting views on it. I think after processing it for a while, I, 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 I will still say that I think it's the weakest of the three. Right. But I'm not, I mean, that's, I'm not, I really mean the weakest of the three. I'm just saying if I had to list them in order of favorites, I would say, I would still say Shaun of the Dead. You can say weakest favorite. of the three. That's okay. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> not that the movie itself is weak, but I still think that Shaun of the Dead is my favorite. And in that kind of nostalgic way where it was the, it's the first, you know, it was the first one that kind of said, like, I had no idea what a Edgar Wright, Simon Frost movie was. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was just like, whoa. And then Hot Fuzz, you know, I went into it thinking, uh, it's just going to be the same thing over again, but with cops. And I walked out of there going, holy fuck. You know, yeah. it was nothing. I mean, it was like, obviously it was the same theme, but you know, like a cast of characters, more or less. And I got it. I mean, I got the joke, or you know, the, that this is an action movie. Well, it's a comedy, but it's you know, and not really a parody or a satire of a comedy movie. But it was you know, their version yeah. of a Bad Boys or a Lethal Weapon or. And Hot Fuzz, they seem to have so much fun. Oh my god, they seem to that had to be the best. Set. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was having yeah. fun in that movie. And you could see. I mean, you could just see past the people's eyes, even. You know, like Timothy yeah. Dalton, just behind his eyes, you could see how much he was enjoying. Yeah. You know, this like your late thir- those two blokes, late thirties, making an action film. Yeah, it Fuck. was. It seemed, yeah. and so it, it it kept it like I was like, all right, that was amazing. That was fantastic. I mean, I'm still like Shaun of the Dead, only because I remember it fondly through, you know, in, in naive right. eyes, I guess. But uh, I do think Hot Fuzz was a a better film. Like, I will give it that. It's like Empire Strikes Back. That's definitely that's that's the only you know kind of allegory. I can it's make. the is Empire. That, it is yeah. The empire. It was Empire. Yeah. Is that a thing you think? Is that a thing for 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 trilogies? Godfather oh. Two is probably considered to be. Well, I think we, that's probably what we should say because it follows that that same logic. Like you know, Godfather was amazing, and it always will be amazing, and it'll be like of those Batman three, trilogy of those. Three, well, wait a minute. Which oh the, the Nolan? Nolan. Yeah. 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 I think so. I disagree. I mean, you see. Yeah. Batman Begins is my favorite. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Godfather is my favorite, but I think Godfather 2 is a better movie. But Godfather was my favorite because it was the first, like, you know, that... that so, yeah, so that would, so, that I mean, would that's, also... It follows in that. Like, right. you know, the original is always going to hold, like, a soft spot in your heart. And, you, you know, it's hard to say, like, you know, it's like if I had three kids, I'd be like, yeah, my first kid, you're my favorite. You know? 
you're kid number, number one. two, you might be better, right? But, but you're number one. Movie trilogies. You though. get all the good shit. Movie trilogies. You know, um, Star Wars first trilogy, Star Wars second trilogy. Is the Attack of the Clones the best of those two, those three? Oh, uh, hard to say. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's so hard to say. I mean, um, they're all equally shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, I don't know. I that I Phantom maybe Menace, that's the I think is probably my favorite role. one. Well, that's the exception to a lot of rules. Yeah. Um, but Godfather, Toy Story. I'm gonna think number two, which I'll go back to Toy. I'll get back to Toy Story in a second. I think number two is great, but the third one was probably my favorite of those. Right. Um. Well, we're moving away from that. So I, I, I think there's a theme there, and I think that you know you kind of you can't be held accountable really for like, well, Shaun of the Dead's my favorite, but I do right. think Hot Fuzz is a better movie. Yeah. And then World's End, I think is is would be at the the bottom of my list. But I still think, I mean, it's not Godfather t- Godfather Three, right. which I thought was terrible, awful film. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was great, but it it had a lot going against it too, going into it. You know, like there was the expectations were unreasonably high. Right. Um, What's their own fault? They make good films. Yeah. No, and it's yeah, no fault. I mean, it is their fault, but you you know. Um, I think um, so. So now you've had a chance to sit and, you know, kind of let stew. You you're, you still feel the same way? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would like to go see it again just because I thought it was a good movie. And right. I, I would like to see it in a better environment. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I keep thinking about it, keep going back to it. And I'm not, like, I find myself picking it apart less and less the more I think about it. And there have been films where I've left, like The Wolverine, for example. I left, you know, relatively positive, but then... The further I got away from my the actual viewing date, the more I really started kind of like, wow, wow, right? Did they have to? I'm, but eh, you know, and, and I find myself doing that less and less with the world's end. I find myself being a little bit more forgiving because I understand mm. the expectations are high. You know, Simon Pegg has become this. He's become Simon Pegg. Right. He wasn't. You know, not even for Hot Fuzz, he wasn't quite there yet. Not quite yet. Yeah. I've gone the other way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad in a way because we always tend to agree on things. But um, no, ter- I mean honestly, I think it was very messy. I think the film it just and I said this I think when we talked about it right after. I wanted that first act. That's the film I wanted to see. Sure. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't need the fucking genre stuff. I didn't need the robots. I didn't need that stuff. I didn't. I didn't want that stuff. When it started to get wacky, which was great, it was still funny. It was still good, but it just seemed really. Like they were trying to wedge this stuff in yeah. because they felt like they had to because they've been making genre films with like a comedy backdrop with some good messages and some good relationships in. So then they had, it's almost like he tried to wedge it in and out. And right. It's funny because it looks like I'm in the minority. As far as film critics that I really respect, like Peter Travers from Rolling Stone, he fucking loved it. Said it was one of the best films of summer. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's. Look at its peer group, though. Well, it's a lot of shit films this year. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. Emperor's New Clothes is what I kept on thinking. It's like everyone wants, everyone likes these really likable films. We've already talked about this ad nauseum in this episode. They're really likable. They seem like great blokes. I want to love it. I wanted to love it. So I, I'm coming at it in a really positive way. Right. Um, I think it was a mistake for for us to go see it one two three because there's such Shaun of the Dead I, and Huffles are the, so great. No, that I, I agree with you. That's there. a come down from right. those two, sure. those three. If I'd seen it on its own, maybe I wouldn't feel as strong as I do. But the last act was a fucking mess. I mean, it was like oh yeah, 
it was like they, they, they hadn't written it. And, it. and that's not like them. They're very prepared seemingly and everything is so tight and works and so thought about. And it's like I said, it's like they wedged in the, sci- the, the sci-fi stuff because they felt they had to, but they didn't know how to then, you know, unwind it, you know, from the end to make it all work out. Right. So it just seemed like rushed and it seemed like it was rewritten. And, you know, but it's like they had this great idea and they wanted to make it work in the film because it was so great. Like this great idea about the pub crawl. Like, and how we, oh, that's a great, I think that's probably, if they came. Well, that was the idea. I mean, that was the first. Right. But how do they make a genre? Right. Instead of just being like a a dramedy relationship. I wanted Toy Story 3. I wanted to see, and if you you haven't, if you don't realize that Toy Story 3 is one of the, the best kind of coming of age growing up films that's been made in the last 20, 30 years. You're Did you a fucking cry? idiot. Of course I cried okay, multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Um, it, and when I went to see it with my son, he's like, he's like, what? And I was yeah. like, are you okay? And he's yeah. like, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. And I'm like, hey, I'm fine too. I wasn't fine. I was in bits. Right. But, you know, I wanted Toy Story 3. I wanted that like melancholy, let's look back on what we were like when we were young and we've all moved on and life isn't, isn't bad necessarily, but it's just different. Right. But when you look back, the grass is always greener and, it was like your your tailor growing up and looking at your own mortality too, um, but instead it just turned into like man versus robots from space, and and that's what pissed me off most about it. Right. Because those guys are talented enough, and they've 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 they they they, they connect enough to make that initial film because it just turned into this, you know, beating the shit out of robots that sport blue blood. It, that's what I didn't like about it. Right. That's what it was like, and that's what it's become, and. I well, won't I even th- talk about the very end. The very end was a fucking mess. And it, there's it, no. I agree. Going I agree back. with you there. It was messy. You're right. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, I, you get the impression that. It's not okay, dribbling so, down my nose. So, I'm kind of ranting there a bit. Shaun of the Dead, I think they had this idea that, like, you know, you see these zombie movies, and the zombie movies are always on this, like, global scale, kind of like, you know, people moving through town, right. whatever. And this thing. The, it was like they said, well, you know, what would we do if, you know, the zo- zombie apocalypse happened around us? The normal you know, everyday life, right? Right, normal everyday life. You know, how would it go on? What would you do? What would you do? And so they wrote that movie around th- thinking, okay, zombie apocalypse. And then with Hot Fuzz, it was like someone was watching Bad Boys or, or Lethal Weapon or, you know, some, I, I don't know, like, I'm struggling not to think of, was it the um, French Connection or something like that, where they're like this great big cop drama. Point Break. And it happens in these, well, Point Break, sure. Yeah. You know, where the this giant sprawling city is the backdrop for you to play in. You know, you've got car chases and you've got, right. you know, shootouts in cities and, you know, people with masks robbing these great big banks and stuff like that. And they're like, what if you took like that kind of action film and you set it in like Mayberry, right. you know, and had this kind of, this kind of yeah. like crime and corruption happening. Well, and yeah, it's- now I see the same thing about Hot Fuzz. I think the end of Hot Fuzz is a little bit of a hot mess too. Like the way that, you know, you know, cause he had this whole string of like, you know, you did this because of this and this because of this and you had this going on, this going on, this going on. And as it turns out, no, they were just, you know, indiscriminately killing these people because of, oh, you know, well, he did this and he did this and he did this right. and none of it was connected. That whole scene around the table with the, like the fucking druids and whatnot. That was weak. It was just like, ugh, That's come one on. week scene no, 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 in, in the end of the film. Right, right. And you don't, you know, you can gloss over it. the end of that film is probably the best part of the film. Yeah. The action stuff because when it just explodes into cliched funny and it's it's the it's the reason why space didn't work in America it's the reason why they didn't make space and, and I, thank god they didn't because it wouldn't have worked over here not like the office worked right because it's it's taking the Americanization of stuff and the Hollywood of stuff and like kind of parodying it 
you know, and you can't then then make an American series that's a parody of itself because oh, it's right. an American series, and that's sure. why they they thankfully never did that, I guess. So it's parodying these big Hollywood blockbusters, these big Hollywood genre films, and that's what they're doing. But they didn't need to do that. They, oh no, they could have done that some other way. Yeah, and that's what I've seen. But but they needed to make that that um, Newton Haven film. I wanted to see that Golden Mile pub crawl film. Right. But, and that's what the film started as. The other one started as the situation. You have zombies, you know, uh, big cops, small town, and they wrote a story about, you know, those events. You know, The World's End, I think you, you can clearly see that the idea sprung, you know, whether it was Edgar Wright or Simon Pegg, who, you know, wherever the, the inception of this idea was, or the conception, someone had written, uh, you know, a, a, the beginnings of a movie about five guys getting back together for a pub crawl. And they're like, okay, we want to take this idea and we want to expand it. But then in order to maintain this whole, like, kind of a genre movie type thing, we've, blood we've, and ice we've, cream thing. we've got to introduce something fantastical right. or something that's over the top. And, like, what haven't we done? Well, we haven't done sci-fi. Right. And so you're right. They did have they did try and wedge that It's a there. bad way to go about your business, though. Yeah. And I were, mean. But, uh, you know, they, they, they like, wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah, And I, I think, you know, I, I know. I, I thought they did a good job kind of but everybody's loving fighting, it. Them, fighting their way out. You know, everybody's loving it. I, I'm, I, I'm probably going to be in the money. I'm sure it's going to make some money. And it's so funny. I, I said the, this to someone the other day. I was like, the world's end requires uh, a suspension of disbelief. And I was like, well, actually, I mean, they all do. But the world's, in, the world's end Every even more Every film you're so. going to see does. Right. The world's end even more. You have to. You know, it's real easy to pick it apart. Like, you know, if, if, we slow, if we discovered right now that everyone around us were fucking robots that were trying to make us robots, you know, or slaves or, or whatever... I, Spoiler I, I, alert. I, I, uh, nuts. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is, okay, so like Shaun of the Dead, even then. Not that that you know, happened in that film at the all. The zombies, yeah, well, I'll, I'll go through and cut that out. Okay, no, well, fucking no, leave no. it in. All right, all right. So, so you've seen the trailers. You know there's robots. All right. You and I, if we discovered this was happening, would lose our fucking shit. Of course. And be like, uh, yeah, I'm like over the limit right now. I sh- will get a ticket if I you know, get pulled over for driving a car. <laughs> but you know what I'm more concerned with right now? You know, fucking robots. I'm more concerned about aliens taking over the world. Right. You know, I'm not... You're, you're not going point, to. Though. No one is going to. And so you know that going into a movie, and you've said that a thousand times in every movie. You know, like, oh, there's a serial killer out there? Leave fucking town. Right. Don't go back in the house. But that doesn't make a good movie. Right. So you have to, like, you know... You, no, and I wanted them... I wanted Gary King to fit. I thought that was... The bit of truth in this, in the whole, the whole you know sci-fi bit. The bit of truth was Gary King needed to finish that for whatever reason to justify something to himself because he was such a sad character in a very dark place. Sure. So I liked that that he kept on pushing them. He whatever he could fucking do and say to make them to continue on the pub crawl. I thought that was good. That was that was the one bit of truth I could take from that. Right. But like it wasn't. But that's good, right? That's the one bit of truth. But everything else around it was just a juggling not piece of nonsense that I said that just seemed like it was rewritten over and over again. And, you know, the ending as well, man. Come yeah, on. no, I, I know. Like, I, know, I, know. I talked before about Doctor Who and about how I fucking hate when it gets to the point where he's up against this giant planet. And it was one of the early, right. this season's Matt yeah, Smith yeah. ones where he's like, and it was a leaf that fucking, you know. That, that was the device. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's bullshit. I hate that. They fucking did that in this film. And they're better than that. Yeah. You know? Like you said, I think they paint themselves in the corner. And 
it's just not good. And it, it hurts me to say that because I, I think those guys are great and brilliant and stuff. And uh, But it, 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 it's just not a good film because of that. There's good elements in it, but it's just not a good film because of that. It's not from start to finish. I laughed. I probably would have laughed more a fucking dickhead behind me having oh, been yeah. laughing That's in why my we, fucking I, ear. I, we need to go see it again. It annoyed the yeah. shit out of me, as I already talked about. Um, but there's some great bits in it, though. Yes. Um, the Let's Bobo bit was funny, you yeah. know. I know a bloke called... I know I'm not called. I know a bloke just like Gary King. like, And it's funny because I have that... You know, well, you would too if you go back to Virginia, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, when I go back to Ireland, there's a, a group of people that we all hung out when we were kids. Sure. The same age as these blokes were when they went in the first pub crawl. Didn't they seem really old to be like, because the whole time I'm like, is, is, that what, is that what I look like? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're meant, to, they're meant to be our age. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, essentially. Yeah, they are our age. Oh, yeah. And Simon wow. Pegg is starting to look really old, though. He did in that movie, for sure. We look like young. We're like, because this is what we bathe in the Blood of Virgins every other night. Well, that's true, yeah. But um, I think, I know a bloke, he's just like Gary King. I mean, he's, he doesn't have necessarily the drug problem or whatever. But like trench coat, Sister's Mercy t-shirt. Oh my God, he's just like him. And he, his same attitude, it's like everything was better back in the day. Right. And he holds it over your fucking head to the point where I don't really want to see him when I go home with the So when I go home now, I don't, I, I will not call him. We've had falling out about it because he's thrown our years of friendship in my face. I'm like, oh, you're Jesus. fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Grow up. You're not. We're not 16 anymore. We've had that conversation. Right. Um, I could mention him now on air, but it would be kind of shitty for me to do to actually yeah. call him out. But um, if he ever does listen to this, he knows who, who he is. Um, so he's just like him. So I was getting that. I was like, I was in there, you know. Because like, God, he's just. And we're like. Everyone else in that little group is, I don't know if it's five blokes or whatever, we've all got gone on with our lives in some way, but he's still, you know. Holding on to the. He's a, you know, he's a struggling art, art actor and, you know, he he's zero responsibility. You know, he's still living that life, you know. Right. He's probably still wearing the same kind of clothes he wears. He probably still is. He, he's the, it's him. Right. And I would hope that if he ever sees this film, he would go, he would maybe look at that and realize. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Maybe get some kind of like you know look in the mirror a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting yeah. But Gary King, I thought that I think Sam Peck did it really good as far as an antihero because yeah. half of that movie you're rooting for him and half of that movie you're like fuck. Yeah, man. you're a fucking you're, jerk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a great little soliloquy he had when he was talking to um, uh, who was he talking about about how this is all he had and stuff. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was really well written. It was nice and long. But then again, he was like off his head on drugs. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I it's did a, like one thing that I did think was funny is, for me. Uh, is it reminds me of when I lived in England. The first two pubs that they went into <laughs> it was yeah. spot the fuck on because, right. uh, man, don't too, too many spoilers to give. There's so many lines that are just like nailed, just kind of yeah. encapsulated the the feel. Oh man, just like that the small English town that you like. You moved to, well, like when I moved to England, it was like man, you know, I was thinking about. All the good music that came out of you oh, know, the UK, and so and I'm like, my oh, head these, was bobbing these throughout old the film, traditional you know? like traditional pubs. And I want to see these old English streets, and right. and then I get there, and it's really like I, I may as well have just gotten out of the the plane in Kansas City, you know, and be like, right. hey, go check out our oldest pub, and then when you walk in there, and it's just super modern, flat TV right. screens, you know, like, right. like well, okay, it's kind of charming, and it's just like <laughs> in the you know on the, on the the jukebox or the the house music or whatever, and. and Every time you turn the radio on, it was like techno or garage or drum and bass, and you know, through through exposure, I grew to you know to kind of accept it. But so let's. <laughs> so what do we think? Well, we, I think you, we know. I'm I'm very disappointed. 
I will watch it again, but I shouldn't. I don't think I should have to watch a film again to kind of gain more appreciation for it. I will watch it again. And oh, I, I disagree it. with that comment. I, I, no, I don't think that. I, I think, think there I like are plenty of movies out there that I've like like uh, Super Troopers. First time I watched it, fucking hated. it. I would agree. With I that mean, comment. I absolutely did not get it. I was like, I don't understand what everybody's geeking. I still don't about. think it's that good though. Oh, I. I think it's fantastic. The more I watch it, the the more I enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I don't put those guys in the same category as like you know the Edgar Wright, the, the, you know the Cornetto guys. But I think it's one of those movies too, where the more I watch it, the 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 more I enjoy it. But let I, me ask you this though: as a regular, like a regular person, will watch a film once, maybe twice. Once when they if they go see it in the cinema with their fans, and then once when they buy they'll, it, they'll get or it on get DVD or whatever. Sure. So that's it. So you've got two chances at the max. Majority of people will only watch a film one time. So, I mean, that's okay if you want to rewatch and rewatch and find things you like about it. I get that. Sure. But as a one-time encapsulated experience, it does not live up to what I was expecting. And it's actually a very but flawed But I think film. if you only saw Sean once and you only saw Hot Fuzz once. No, because I did see those once. The first time I ever saw them was the, first, was the one time I saw them. And they were brilliant. They were great. And Hot Fuzz again. Had to live up to expectations that I built because I loved Sean so much, right. and it did, and it superseded those expectations. This one didn't, and I, as you know, man, as you know, I love these films, right. and I was, I wanted to fucking love this. Well, what did uh, I'm not that type of I'm an optimistic person generally about stuff, and it just it it's too flawed for me to kind of go. Oh, I really liked it. I just too flawed for me. Well, well I th- I think we need to have an addendum. Like we need to have like a. Uh, Later on, after you watch it again, when it comes out on DVD or whatever, because I'm I'm sure you will watch this movie again. I at will least for once. sure. Right, and then we'll we'll have the same discussion, and I will as well. And we may okay. see we may see if our you know it's pretty our the gap right now is pretty wide. I imagine that when we watch it again, it will narrow. I think that I will find just as many flaws in it on the second time as you did, but mm-hmm. I think that the charm will kind of you'll forgive some of the things. I hope so. I I think so. I mean, I don't. Again, I think it'll always be. The weakest of the three, yeah. And I, um, yeah. But I, I think it's, I think it, the, the value that it, I, I think it was worth the value. The value that I gave it, or you know, the price, that, what I've invested into it, I think I got the value back. Um, I think it was overhyped, and I think that was detrimental to it. But we got a free T-shirt. We did get a free T-shirt, which I'm wearing. Which you way. are wearing, and I almost wore, but you know, and you know, for me, I love T-shirts, so that was a great, great day, great, great thing for me, but. So, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, the Cornetto trilogy, I wanted to make more films. Overall, amazing, amazing films. And I love them. You know, I love the whole, I love the trilogy for its flaws, I guess. You know, this one is part of it. So, I mean, it's still a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's still a good movie. It's just, I expected more. I expected it to be better. I expected not to have too many, as many major major flaws that I did in it and I, I guess it's like when I watched Wolverine I want Wolverine made me want to see want to see the Darren Aronofsky Wolverine right and that's the major biggest thing I took away from that film I was disappointed because that's the film I wanted to see and with this one it's the same kind of thing you know I, I'm disappointed because it's not the film I wanted to see you know what I mean? Right, but you're still excited for the future for, oh, for they should they should make a million more films yeah those guys are great. They do great stuff. It's some of the best stuff out there. So, yeah, obviously continue to make the films. It's just, you know, 
it's part of the deal, man. Sometimes right. that's life, you know. That's true. It's not always great. Sometimes it's shit. So speaking of not always great, sometimes it's shit. Yeah, I do have one, which we're going to get to. Yeah. Now, I guess. All right. Let's do it. I'm excited. Uh, so the last time we did one of these very special episodes was for the creepy one we the did. The scary episode. Yeah. yeah. And um, we didn't do a movies uh, that are shit that I love. Which was fine. It was, it was okay. It made sense. Yeah. Um, but we thought, well, this is going to be a longer one and more in-depth, so we thought we would do one for this. And right. I was and trying to, I was preparing one a couple of nights ago, and then you sent me a text. Yeah, we had an epiphany, or I had an epiphany. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, God, that makes so much sense. It's so many different levels. And the more I looked into it, the more sense it made. Right. So, and it is definitely a, one of the, a film that was going to be on my list, but, um, you know, it was, uh, came from Adam's brain, but it works perfectly. So we're super excited about this one. And we want you to get excited, so listen to this. Hey, will things while before annihilation? Sure it did. Ah! Sounds like you're just yelling ah. Ah! <laughs> I know everyone's oh, singing. Oh man. Oh I'm sure they were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. What a song. But what a movie. Oh man. So you probably guessed we're gonna do Flash Gordon. Um nineteen eighty the nineteen eighty film directed by um Mike Hodges, written by Lorenzo Sample. And the reason why we're going to do this one is because it's connected to these three guys, the Cornetto trilogy in this way. Yeah, um, Wright, Frost, and Peg. First of all, um, uh, Edgar Wright used, or basically kind of, his his uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was an homage almost to Flash Gordon. The way he edited it and the way, he, the way the film looks had a lot to do with the way Flash Gordon looks. If you've seen this film, I hope you have. If not, you should see it. If you haven't, you've got to check it out, yeah. And also, Timothy Dalton's in this film. He was. And also in uh, Hot Fuzz. In, so, former James Bond, former, um, what was his name in, in Hot Fuzz? Um, Skinner. Yeah, Skinner, because he had the license. He's a slasher. Like yeah. And also former um, uh, Prince Baron in Flash Gordon. So, it just kind of made sense. And when Adam sent me the text, I was like, oh my God, of course. Yeah. That works. <laughs> because it is shit. But we do but, love it. Yeah, but is it shit, though? It's I mean, so shit. Uh, it's yeah. so shit, but it's great. Because it's shit. It's it's a kind of a magnanimous oh, shit. It is absolutely yeah. And we love this film. Um, um, I love it because um, for multiple reasons. But um, I didn't get to see it in the cinema when I was a kid. Oh really? Never got to go oh, see yeah. it. I think I saw it when I was like seven years old. Yeah. And it just yeah. I had friends that went to see it, and then I was like, which happens a lot <laughs> because we didn't have any money when I was growing up, so um, we didn't get to go see it. But which is a bummer. But um, 
I was really excited to hear their tale of how they'd seen it, oh, you know. Sure. Um, but years ago, uh, they used to sew the original Buster Crab black and white cereal on the BBC every day during the summer holidays. So we, I was exposed to Flash Gordon you as, knew a, who as was. a child. Probably, that yeah. sounds weird. Um, but, you know, I was exposed to the original Buster Crab series, the serial. Um, and, we, of course, we loved that, you know, because it was on every day. And, and then they made this film, and they made it kind of look similar, you know, just in Technicolor. Campy. Yeah, the just, ships still oh, look the yeah. same from the Buster Crab the serial. Costumes, yeah. I mean, they just did a really, really good job of making this really super campy, weird film that was bizarre in a way. Um, but as I said, directed by Mike Hodges, who made some cracking films before he made Gordon. Um, most notably, one of my favorite films of all time, actually, Get Carter. Now, that's not the Sylvester Stallone remake, right. which is shit. But the Michael, Michael Caine, Caine film, which is a, a really, really brilliant, gritty, rough and ready gangst, English gangster film. And um, to think that like Mike Hodges directed Get Carter and then directed Flash, Flash Gordon, Gordon makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, how does that even get connected? Oh, man. Um, if you haven't seen Michael Caine in Get Carter, I would recommend seeing it as soon as you possibly can. It's just a fucking great, great film. And probably, for me, along with his Harry Palmer stuff, is definitely the strongest stuff that Michael Caine's ever done. And I've seen him in stuff lately where he just kind of picked up a paycheck like Jaws 4. He was in that wrench. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's, that's, <laughs> what the fuck is he doing in there? Blaming on Rio. Awful. Right. But... Um, Back in the day, Michael Caine was the fucking man, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, uh, Mike Hodges directed Damien Omen 2, which is another great film from yeah. our past. And uh, and a, a film really close to my heart, which is Morons from Outer Space, which starred uh, Mel Smith and Griffith Jones, which they were a comedy duo back um, in the day in the BBC. They were really funny. And it's funny because Griff Reese Jones, or uh, Mel Smith died recently, like a couple of weeks ago. And... Um, you know, he was on revolutionary TV, comedy TV back home in, in, in Ireland and Britain uh, called uh, Not the Nine O'Clock News with Rowan Atkinson and Griffiths Jones. And then they, him and Griffiths Jones became a comedy duo and had sketch shows and stuff and, that years to follow. But sure. the first film they made was Morris from Outer Space. The second film they made was called Wilt, which is I recommend everyone seeing. It's very, very funny. Anyway, written by Lorenzo Sample. There's a lot, there's, oh, there's man, a lot there's kinda in this so film. It was, it was yeah. perfect, you know. Um, Written by Lorenzo Sample, who also wrote um, the original Batman movie in 1966, oh, right. and in multiple Batman episodes. And that, but see, that makes sense. It makes complete it makes sense. complete sense. Yeah, you're, it's campy, kind of former, you know, kind of heroic kind of figure, and you know, made it like what it was. Sure. I mean, you could no, you could definitely see the. There's a lot of parallels Absolutely, there. Absolutely, yeah. But Lorenzo Sample also wrote The Parallax View, which is a very downer of a 1970s film starring Warren Beatty about big government and government conspiracies and assassination. Very, I mean, and, and a nihilistic kind of film, you know, which in the 70s they made a lot of those. Yeah. And I think the last podcast we talked about Sonnet Running, which is also a film made around the same time. And like a very kind of down, like you, you didn't, you went to a movie and you didn't come out going, yay, yeah, that was great, nah, you know, woo. It was more like everything was shit when yeah. he left the theater, you know, back in the 70s. not so bad. Yeah. Right. But he also wrote Three Days of the Condor. Oh, yeah. Wow. Solid. Great, great yeah, yeah. espionage spy movie. Uh, he did. He wrote the King Kong remake with uh, Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange. Huh. Yeah, which was good. Yeah. Although Kong looked like a dude in a monkey suit. Right. And uh, he also wrote Never Say Never Again, which wow. was the Sean Connery... Um, James Bond James, spinoff, like not yeah. remake of yeah, Thunderball. Not, yeah, the, the kind of the not... Um, 
uh, supported uh, James Bond spin-off that he wasn't supposed to make uh, without Albert Krubby Broccoli. No, you know, there was no um, uh, guarantee, there was no kind of a, a permission given to make this movie but he made it anyway. And essentially it was, that was just a remake of Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, too, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but, oh, like, you know, that's kind of, you know, strange. Oh, oh he also, or Lorenzo Sample also wrote Papillon. Wow. Yeah. Holy buckets. I know. I mean. I know. I know. Okay. So he wrote Papillon, he wrote Parallax View, he wrote Three Days of the Condor, and he wrote Flash Gordon. Okay. What the fuck? I mean. So the man responsible for writing the line, flying blind on a rocket cycle, <laughs> is the same guy that wrote Papillon. Right. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Budget was like 20 million, and it made like 27. So it made a little bit of money. Okay. But most of that was made in, the, in Britain and the UK. It was an absolute flop over here in the States. Um, now, we had people in like Sam Jones as Flash. Um, if you haven't seen Ted, the Seth MacFarlane film about Mark Wahlberg, you should see that because you'll, Sam Jones is in that film. And, and they allude to that through Flash Gordon. That's their favorite film. So you need to watch Ted because okay. Sam Jones is in it. Right. Um, he never really did that. In, no, he won the uh, first Razzie. He did really. That was yeah. the, why did he that won the that? first. Yeah, yeah. For did like he, worst actor. Did he whatever. pick it up? I, I don't that I don't know. I bet he did. I would. I totally would. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I bet he didn't. Yeah. Um, but Sam Jones, yeah, he was Flash, and he did a great job as Flash. I mean, he was, you know. Oh yeah. No, he was fine. I mean. Um, I think he he ended up fucking the franchise though. Um, but anyway, but uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Um. Kurt Russell was offered the part and he considered it and then turned it down because he didn't think that Flash had enough character. And then also Arnold Schwarzenegger auditioned for the role too and didn't get it because the Austrian accent at the time, I guess, was probably fairly <laughs> thick because this is an 80. Oh, you know? man. He didn't make Terminator until like 85. Right. Um, but yeah, Sam Jones got, got the bit. But Well, uh, you know, the whole thing about Flash is even in the Queen song, they say he's just a man. You know, just a man with a man's courage. <laughs> I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger really encapsulated that at the time. No, he's, he's just like a man. A, he's just a giant superman. fucking muscles yeah. and yeah, no, nope, just a man with um, a man's courage. But uh, Max von Sydow was in it too as Ming, um, who was then reunited with uh, Lorenzo Stample because he was in Three Days of the Condor too right. as the kind of super hitman. So that was cool to see. Um, I guess um, Dino De Lanteris, who was the producer who owned the rights of the film. Uh, he wanted to get Fellaini, the Italian director, to make oh, the film. Wow. Or, yeah, I don't know. Well, didn't he also, he also directed Conan too, didn't he? Or produced it. Conan uh, the Barbarian. I'm pretty sure it was Dino Dolores. Yeah, yeah, Dino Dolores and some great yeah. stuff. But um, we had Timothy Dalton, as you said, as Baron. And then we had the amazing Brian Blessed as Volton. Oh, man. Who uttered that line, that kind of pop culture-esque line that's lived on from the film, which was, Gordon's alive. You know, everyone remembers Brian Blessed. There's a great uh, Brian Blessed alarm clock app out there, which I, gar- I I would say everyone should download. If you want someone shouting, Strumpet, get up, in your ear every morning. So it's all like Shakespearean, right? Like that's yeah, the thing. it's all Shakespearean oh, stuff. See, they in- totally missed the like, do you want to sleep forever? I mean, it just... <laughs> right, but Brian Blessed also, in that film as, um, uh, he was Voltan in that film. Right. He, uh, he said the line, uh, who wants to live forever? You know, and then Queen, of course, who, which was one of the stars of the film was the oh, soundtrack. Absolutely. It's a brilliant, yeah. it brilliant soundtrack. Should have been like soundtrack. top build. Yeah. Um, and one of the greatest soundtracks ever, I think, in movie history. 
Um, they went on and did, uh, the only other soundtrack they did was Highlander. And of course, in that film, there was that brilliant, you know, song, piece yeah, of music, song Who was. Wants to Live Forever. So uh, they've said that it, it got pulled from Flash Gordon. They were on, you know, they're like, oh, that's great. That's a great line, you know, Who Wants to Live Forever. And that's, and they ended up writing that particular song for Highlander, Highlander. which is cool. Yeah. And we had Top All as Dr. Zarkov. And and Topol was in Filler on the Roof. I mean, he's a very you know legendary, yeah. you know, um, uh, Israeli uh, uh, actor. Um, so they had some really decent people in this movie. You know, like Max von Sydow's, I think, was an Oscar winner, an Oscar nominee at the time, or had been. But um, Sam Jones, back to Flash. <laughs> Sam Jones. Um, I didn't realize this, but his dialogue is pretty much entirely dubbed from the film. Yeah, I'd heard that too. Which ties into what we were saying earlier on about, uh, you know, when we were talking about getting dubbed, we had like David Prowse and then we had um, um, Darth Maul, what's his name? Um, Ray Parker. Ray Park um, also getting dubbed. Well, Sam Jones got dubbed in this film too, in Flash. And the reason why wasn't because they necessarily thought his voice was fucked up. It was because he he was such a, I guess in post and stuff, he became such a dick and he got to a huge row with Dean on Terrace and the director of the movie that he walked off set towards the end like, or walked off post right so and you know when they make movies they essentially they essentially have to redub everybody's voices yeah. in sure so they couldn't they didn't have them anymore he'd walked off set so he'd walked off post so they had to put a and no one's ever found out who that person who was who the voice was just for? as a professional actor it didn't always seem I remember it like seemed off a little bit yeah. there was just something that was I didn't pick up on that until I was looking into this film recently so, which was also one of the reasons why they didn't make any sequels. Hmm. Because Sam Jones, there was a wedge there. So instead of making Flash Gordon sequels, he just went to making Baywatch and, you know, guest stars on, you know, poor yeah, he had shows a, uh, in the 80s and 90s. I don't remember the name of the show, but shortly after Flash in the, in the mid-80s, he had a, a very, very short-lived TV show where he was, it was like in the future in like some apocalyptic world and he's driving like a tractor trailer. <laughs> John Deere the future. Uh, something like that. But yeah, it didn't, uh, it, it, it didn't take off. It didn't, wasn't very good. But um, like it was a huge smash in the US, I said, but, or no, not a huge smash in the US, but it was in UK and Ireland. I mean, so when I grew up, it was, it was the film that you went to see. Um, there was one other thing about this film, and I, everyone knows the story of Flash Gordon. I mean, I'm not going to go into like exactly what happened in it. I mean, it was basically, you know, Ming the Merciless is this, you know, galaxy tyrant, and um, just discovers Earth and starts messing with it. And right. then these guys, uh, football player and his friends, travel to Mo- to Mongo, where Ming's from, and and then they fight against Ming, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. They right. didn't leave it open for a sequel because if you remember at the end. Flash and Ming had a sword fight. Right. And then, you know, Ming died. Uh, he was secured by the ship, by the by the prow of the ship, right? The war rocket Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. The bring back his body. Uh, anyway, um, but at the end you saw a hand reaching for his ring and then you hear his laugh, you know. Right. So it was all built up to have, um, to have a sequel, but it never happened. But um, did you know that George Lucas originally had wanted to make Flash Gordon into a movie. I mean, we all know he was affected by the serials. The serials, for sure. Which was Buster Crab, because that's essentially what Indiana Jones was. It was like an old-style serial. But he'd wanted to make this movie, and then he found out that Dino De Lantaris had the rights to it. So then instead he wrote Star Wars and made that. Oh, wow. So we have um, Flash Gordon to thank for Star Wars. 
you know, because he wanted to make it like in the 70s and he found out he couldn't. So he said, well, fuck it. I'll just I'll just write my own movie. And that's what he, that's when he wrote Star Wars. Wow. That's like seven degrees of, you know, the movie itself influenced the you know art direction or the direction that Edgar Wright did yeah. in his movies. But then inadvertently created, you know, gave George yeah. Lucas to make Star Wars, which yeah. was a strong influence for Simon Pegg. It's the butterfly so, I mean, effect. Dude. Wow. It's like Cornetto. Like, yeah, ah, it's, it's the butterfly effect. Um, in the film, too, though, in a very smaller role, the role of Fico, the Baron's henchman, was Richard O'Brien. You know who he is? I don't think I do. Well, if you remember, if you watch the film, he was bald guy, right? bald, yep. skinny guy. Um, in um, What was the name of the world that Baron ruled over? Arborea. Sure. Um, well, Richard O'Brien uh, also wrote the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then was Riff Raff in the film version. Like, he's Riff Raff. Oh, in yeah. In Rocky Horror Picture okay. Show. Okay, yeah, sure. Same guy. Yeah. But he wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show. Wow. Yeah. That musical that became a film, that became a phenomenon, that became, like, what it is today. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, there's only Richard 75 O'Brien. people in the world. You realize that, right? <laughs> it's bizarre. There's only 75 people. Bizarre. So next time you watch Flash Gordon, look out for Richard O'Brien, which is kind of the... And I remember watching it when I was a kid, going, oh, isn't that that Richard O'Brien cat? Or someone pointed out to me, and uh, I'm like, oh, that's crazy, you know, and now he's, you know, he's a huge thing. I mean, because Rocky is such a huge right. thing. Right, absolutely. Um, but that's Flash Gordon for me. Um, like I said, I didn't get to see it. I saw it when I was maybe like five or six years older when it first came out. Did Did you ever, when you were a kid, like, I don't know, when I was a kid, we'd, we'd play, like, in the woods a lot. And every now and then, we'd come across an old tree stump. <laughs> and stick your and you'd, like, dare there. each other to put your hand in the yeah. stump. And it was the most terrifying thing ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, that was the kind of uh, the manhood test um, that they did in, in Flash Gordon on Arborea. Or, or I think it was the place that Byron I think that sounds, that sounds right, yeah. 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 Similar to that, anyway. But uh, great film because it was so cheesy and awful. But it spawned a lot of cool stuff for us. And... It made complete sense for us to talk about this film when we talked about the Cornell trilogy and Peg, Frost, and Wright. So that's Flash Gordon. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to go watch that movie again. I mean, I probably watched it within the past two years, but I've got to go find it somewhere and watch it again just because it's so... Oh, man. That... It's like a Technicolor nightmare, man. It's just... (laughs) Anyway, thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, and thank you to Boulevard Brewing Company for hosting us again and providing us with some yummy, delicious Casey pills. We appreciate it. And um, don't forget to follow us on HBase Invaders on Twitter and like our Facebook page, please. And watch Flash Gordon. It's great. And we'll play you out with some Flash Gordon music. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. What should we listen to?